0: You are joining us for the first ever live stream for Fan Fuel podcast. Today is episode 21. I'm joined by Nathan Ball and Colton Cranmore. My name, as always, is Alex Harrington, and we are going to start off, as we always do, with the weekend recap. And first up, Nathan, it's all you about the open wheel stuff that happened this weekend. First up is the French GP.
1: Yeah, first of all, um, if you guys saw that race, it was actually really good. Um Usually that track in particular is known for being boring. Um, A lot of people before the race were given a plaque that it was not going to be the race. It was just going to be like every other French GP, but it ended up being really entertaining. Um, It looked like Hamilton had the race in the bag until the pit stops. I think Verstappen was able to undercut him. And then once he got the lead, he pitted twice, which was kind of a shock to everybody. And he was about 20 seconds back and there was 20 laps to go. And... He consistently just reeled them in, and he passed for the win maybe two laps to go, I think. So it was a lot more entertaining than anyone expected in that regard. Um, IndyCar was good as always. Um, I feel bad for Joseph Newgarden because he led pretty much all of the race aside from pit stops. And Akasha comes out late in the race. They decide to do a restart with, I think, two or three laps left. His gearbox goes out. He loses a race to below. So – Penske has still not won a race, and he's led the most laps in a couple of the last few races now, and they still have no wins, so it's been a weird season so far over
0: there. Yeah, it's been kind of wild over there in IndyCar with, I believe it's eight, no, seven different winners now, Uh, only two guys with the two wins with Pillow and Award, and I, I I do want to say it's been a crazier weekend. You mentioned the F1 GP. Normally we say, you know, that's a Mercedes-style track. It's kind yeah, of a test exactly. track in the past. And it actually wound up being somewhere where Red Bull succeeded because it seemed like there were some differing tire strategies between even the drivers and the race engineers over there on that part. So that made that fun. Uh, the IndyCar race, uh, which I didn't uh, get to watch. Uh, I have heard I heard it was pretty decent for a Road America race. Uh, but I do want to turn over to nash car and that's the return of nascar to nashville mm-hmm. i personally just want to say i like this track i know a lot of people going into it didn't they were thinking you know mile and a half this kind of stuff uh it was a 750 track it was a lot harder than we thought it was going to be especially on the brakes i mean there were there were breaking into the turns which we don't see at most of the mile and a half now and i think that for me led to a great race especially on sunday but colton how did you feel about nash Returning yeah. to
2: Nashville. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I was one that I was really dreading the return to the super speedway as opposed to the fairgrounds, just because I thought it was going to be a super boring race. I remember most of the Bush series races there, um, but I was, I was super entertained by it the whole time. Um, even though my guy Blaney uh, had a brake failure in there and hit the wall pretty damn hard. yeah, um, It was still a really good race. Um, despite the dominance of Larson, we saw cars sliding around. Um, We saw strategy play out over the long run. We had guys saving fuel, which we haven't seen in a long time. Um, And it was really cool, those closing laps, to see Chastain cut through the field and try to chase down Larson.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a pretty decent race. Uh, You know, there was passing all through the field, like you said. Larson did get out there, especially at the end, and just run away with it. But, I mean, we can expect that from him this season. Um, I think I saw somewhere on Twitter that he's having a similar season to the nineteen ninety. Eight season that Jeff Gordon was having, the same amount of wins by this time, the same amount of top tens, uh, and the same amount of finishes outside of the top 30. So are we looking at a 10-win season from Kyle Larson this year? I don't know.
1: This is a tough one for me because I think that there's been a lot of seasons in the past that have been on track to match that. And then as soon as people start saying that, it kind of just gradually goes down to where it seems like it becomes more and more impossible to reach. So I think It's certainly attainable for him at the current pace he's at, but I think the hard part is knowing that he's got to do it for the rest of the season because it seems like most people are on track for that until about the last third of the season. That's when everything starts to get harder and harder because I know everybody thought Harvick would have hit 10 last year after Bristol and then he never won again. So I think it can go either way. I don't want to say that he will. I don't want to say that he won't because it really depends on how good Hendrick is for this long
2: yeah, I'd agree with that. It's it's really going to depend on these next few races here to see if he keeps that alive. Um, I think the playoffs are going to be a huge struggle as far as getting to that 13-win mark, um, let alone 10. Um, we haven't seen it in over a decade, some, a driver get 10 wins. So it, it's going to be difficult. But if anyone can do it, um, it's probably going to be him this season.
0: Yeah, and I know the summer slump kind of happens for some guys. It seems that Kyle Larson has kind of come in to his own after the uh, Memorial Day weekend race, and he's won what four straight now, if you include the All Star race. So, I think uh, we've seen ebb and flows with guys. You know, we did see uh, the dominance, like you said, of of the four car last year, and like Nathan mentioned, he he fell off a cliff after that that playoff win at Bristol. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see if the other Chevy teams can catch up because they seem to have the dominant car, especially on on the bigger tracks, or if JGR shows up with style uh, because it seems like they may have started falling off between the 19 not winning in a while and the 18 has slowly risen up. The 20 hasn't really been there, but the biggest thing is the 11 has fallen to only a nine-point lead. And so if if we get another string of – of winners, he could he could be bested by Kyle Larson, and not make the playoffs despite being second in points. If that were to happen, so what are you guys thoughts on that? Ooh. I don't know.
1: Like I think it's difficult because he had a historic start of the season. I don't think a lot of people remember that because of what Larson's done now. Um, he had what seven top fives in eight races, and he was everyone was thinking, you know, he's he's going to win. He's for sure going to win. And then Hendrick comes along and kind of takes everything away from Gibbs almost in terms of being the best team. So now we went from being sure that they would get a win to now it's just what what's going to happen with Hendrick because it's almost like his entire fate depends on them because most weeks now they're not the best team in the garage. anymore. And their only hope of winning is to hope that Hendrick has an off day. So I think in regards to earning points, they're still doing an okay job. Um, they were running top ten in this race until they ran out of gas with two laps left. Um, I think they're doing the best with what they have, Joe Gibbs, and especially the eleven. but I don't think that they're going to be able to hold on to the points lead because he cut he cut out, what, 50 points on Sunday. So I would imagine that maybe I'd give it two races probably um, until he's in the points lead because with the way Hendricks going, I don't see that. They're going to be able to really do anything about
2: it at this point. Yeah, I still think that he's going to get a win. Um, he's mm-hmm. good almost everywhere, and we're coming up on road courses. We're coming up on uh, on Pocono. Um, I, I still think he's going to get a win. I don't think we're going to have to worry about this in the next nine races of whether or not he does or does not make the playoffs.
1: I think he's going to lock himself in. Yeah, well,
0: right. I can I say it. as a definitive Denny Hamlin fan, you mentioned Pocono there. He hasn't won since they resurfaced the track, so
1: oh, yeah, I, yes. I don't –
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's won the last two of the last three. Well, you know what? You can fire me as a Denny Hamlin fan. Man. I was like, I got the stats, man. I've I've got our stats, man. So if anybody's going to call me out, it's going to be stats. Don't
1: worry. I am right here.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of stats and the failure of my own to recall the last two of three races run at Pocono, my own driver winning. I guess that speaks to the racing product at Pocono the last couple of years. Um, not trying to take a shot because I do love that track myself. Um, let's talk about a stat man that just made history. Let's talk about the most winningest driver in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And for that, I want to bring on our guest today, and that's Jared. Um, and Jared, I... Am not confident in saying your last name, even though I just practiced it 15 times before the stream. But Kaisa. But Kaisa. He's going to be joining us, and I'll bring him into the stream now. So let's get your thoughts hey, on hey. Kyle Bush and the 100th win. Hey, the 100th win.
3: That's awesome. That's really awesome for me. The Saturday race was very nerve wracking there towards the end. Like it was kind of calm the first two stages. And then the third one, it just seemed like caution after caution after caution after caution after caution. I'm like, man, is he going to win this? Is are going to try to like finally get it? Is Allgaier going to clear him in that turn one? But it was just overall, it was nice to see that 54 M&M super out there. I thought that paint scheme on the Xfinity series was pretty cool. I think m ms kind of missed out on that 200 win at Fontana a couple years ago, so I think that's probably why they wanted to be on his 100th win. But just growing up watching like nationwide series races on Saturday nights and seeing Kyle Busch win over and over and over again, just the fact, like 100 wins 100 wins that's a lot of wins there for one driver and like people say like oh he's beating up on the lower level guys you look at some of the guys that he raced like early on like half the like that, that was back when there was no restriction so you'd have guys like Kevin Harvick racing Carl Edwards Clint Boyer Brad kislowski Joey Logano Denny Hamlin Matt Kenseth like week in and week out and that's a huge accomplishment and like the thing I always say against is that he is helping out the lower level guys because like you, I think it's a big, a big confidence booster. Like whenever, what was it, Chase Briscoe last year at Darlington, to say yeah, that you, right. to say that you beat Kyle Busch like at Darlington the way he did, like I think that was a big confidence booster for him, and like just anyone, if you're if Kyle Busch in the field and you beat Kyle Busch, I think that helps a lot of the drivers, and I think that gives them a little bit of a edge and motivation for them to like, oh, I'm gonna go out and run hard just because I want to beat Kyle Busch, I want to beat the best guy in the Nationwide Series. But as a Kyle Busch fan, just seeing him win that 100th I actually got to sit down and watch the whole Xfinity race because I'm like you know what I think this would be a good kick up to the weekend you know Kyle Busch is running Nashville they're coming back I think that'd be a great way to start kick off the Nashville weekend basically is what I thought but I thought that was awesome I'm glad I got to see it and I don't know if he's done He's has two more races left so I wonder if he'll get two or if he's just gonna if someone else is gonna beat him but either way I'm glad he got that 100 and I don't think he says he's going to retire after next year, and I kind of do believe him, but I also see it's Kyle Bush, so I could see him race this more just to make some people mad.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know they've sold five uh, races for him next year, but also Kyle himself kind of alluded to they hadn't sold five races yet. But so I don't know if that's kind of still in the air or not, but he said he was going to be done after 100. Obviously, he's going to fulfill his contract. Like you said, he could get the 102. Um, but should he come back next year and actually retire off of that, he could wind up with 107 wins. And I don't think that's attainable by anyone going forward because of the yes, cut restrictions and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'll start with you again, Jared, and I'll kind of go around through everybody. What what has this, uh, I guess, accomplishment meant to you as a fan uh, maybe not because you're a Kyle Bush fan, but, you know, as a fan, being able to say I witnessed him win 100 races. Are you are you uh, are you guys, you know, Colton Nathan, are you kind of bored that he's gotten to this number or, or is it something that that's kind of made you ecstatic? So uh, that's my question to all three of you. I would just
3: say that just the fact that I can't I don't I can't say that I watched every single 100 win, but I the fact that I actually grew up watching them on Saturday nights and winning like, he, like little racetracks like he won at like Memphis or Gateway or uh, what, what's that track in Mexico called like that place he oh, won.
1: Hermosillo.
3: Yeah, he won like that that back in two thousand eight. I think he's like what is he the winningest driver at Texas also in the Xfinity series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just just the fact that this is something that that's that record's probably never gonna get broken, because I don't like they're never. I don't think they're ever gonna change that restrictions Mm -hmm. rule and the fact that the guys like like all the good drivers for say in the Xfinity series are only in the Xfinity series for like two or three years and they maybe even get, like, what, maybe 10 wins if they're lucky, or 10-plus wins, 20 at the max. But that's just a record that I, you're never going to beat that. That's like Richard Petty. Like, no one's ever going to beat 200, just like the Xfinity Series. No one's going to beat 100 in that series.
1: Yeah, I would that, I definitely second that. Um, it is kind of weird from our perspective, because I know growing up I was never, like, a huge Kyle Busch fan. But it's still really impressive. I don't have any problems with it, because – like you said, it's come against a lot of good drivers, and a lot of those wins came before the restrictions on cup drivers participating, and at least from my childhood, I always remember him in the Z-Line car, which is still, yeah. uh, to this day, my favorite Xfinity Series paint scheme of all time. Yeah, so. You like
3: you like the, over the Moss, Moss energy scheme?
1: I mean, it's tough. It's really tough. He's had a lot of great schemes, but I think I'm just going to go with that one, either maybe by a nose, I would say, so. I think it's kind of cool to see now he's got 100 because I remember him being in that car and winning every other week. So
3: he also had like those random one-off races that he won in like New Balance and Pizza yeah. Ranch, and I'm sure there was like
1: a he won in like the 20 car one season. Yeah,
3: the Doosan 20 car, the dollar, yeah. general, dollar General 32 car, the. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool yep. things he's running. I, I remember one year he almost won the 18 FedEx car because I remember seeing that. Yeah, race. I remember running the, it. running the FedEx car. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I mean it's crazy to think because I, that's one of my favorite things to look back on. Is like, when he has 100 wins, like you look at all the different cars he's won like, mm-hmm.
3: And I thought that was cool that whenever they were doing that front stretch interview, that he just like showered out like Z line and those guys that actually helped him early in his yeah, career the whole way up. So that was pretty. That was a classy of him, I thought.
1: Yeah, that's, that's forever going to be my favorite. It's been amazing. I, mean, I don't know.
3: I think it's almost nostalgic
1: more than anything now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right, Colton, well, what does this 100 wins mean to you?
2: Uh, this is cool for two reasons. Uh, one, because in all of NASCAR history, only three drivers have attained 100 wins in a single division. Um, you're talking about Richard Petty, David Pearson, and now Kyle Busch. Um, we will never see that again in our lifetime. Never ever. No. Um, you're talking about someone getting 100 wins in the Cup Series now is what it's going to take because obviously the rules in the lower series, unless someone just stays in the Xfinity Series for their whole career. Um, but that's super cool. And also, I'd like to go to KBM and see the wall of all the diecast of all the cars that you've ever
1: won in. Because man, that's got oh, cool to be a...
0: sitting up there. Oh yeah. He's got the,
1: all the, nice. he's got all sorts of stuff there. It's really fun to, to visit.
0: So we went We went up there to uh before we went to the Coke 600. It was the only shop open to the public uh, at the hour that we arrived in Charlotte. Um, and I got to say, this man has so many damn trophies, he doesn't have room for them. Um, yeah, some of them are at the shop. Some of them are inside the shop. Some of them are in the fan area. Some of them are in the gift shop stacked on top of each other. Um, and it is crazy. Uh I respect Kyle Bush for his love of winning and for his, you know, just desire to compete and to compete well. I know he's always had a bad, you know, rap because he kind of whines too much, you know, as people say, but I mean, to me, it's not really him whining more as he's, he's so frustrated that he didn't accomplish something that, that he can't stand it. And when you have that refuse to lose attitude, it's what gives you a hundred wins in a series. So, he took a um, hundred checker flags and they kept trying to make it not possible for him to race in those. I mean, it was uh, the restrictions came out with seven and they reduced it to five and um, they call it the Kyle Busch rule because it is. It's yeah, a it Bush is rule. A Kyle. Rule. I mean, they, they, they thought that fans weren't watching on Saturdays because Kyle Busch was winning too much. That may or may not be the case. I will always say that that uh, cup driver in a lower series is going to probably boost the ratings and be more beneficial to the guys out there racing amongst that cup driver to learn exactly what uh, you should be doing behind the wheel. A lot of fans don't share that same opinion, but it is what it is. So for me, just being able to see a hundred wins from one single guy, like Colton said, we're never going to see that again. Um, it's monumental. And I'm glad that we, we got to witness it, you know, I mean, from the five car with, with Hendrick all the way to now um, he's drove a bunch of different things. Like you guys have said, and just kept tallying them up. And I can't wait to see uh, where he lands before he does get that spot in the hall of fame. Uh, but enough about this weekend, enough about Kyle Bush. We are here to spotlight a fan and that's what we're going to do. So Jared, uh, who exactly are you and um, why are you a fan of NASCAR?
3: Oh, I grew up watching NASCAR. I used to watch it with my dad all the time whenever I was little and then the movie Cars came out in 2006. I think a lot of people could probably relate with me on this one, but I mean, I used to watch NASCAR with the dad, like, before that. Like, I, I didn't really, like, get hardcore into it. But then, like, when Cars came out, then they had – I got, like, the deluxe DVD edition or whatever, and they had all these, like, special features, and they had, like, Derek Waltrip was talking, or, like, all these car things, like, inside NASCAR. And I'm like, wow, I'm hooked. I'm hooked on NASCAR because, like, the movie Cars was just – it was an awesome movie first off, and then just the fact it got me into racing. And then I, 2007 was the first full season I watched and the 2007 daytona 500 was the first full race i remember sitting wow. down watching start to finish and i'm like Ooh, this is awesome this is some awesome stuff and then from that moment on i was like i was hooked on that like speed channel on friday right after school watching practices qualifying and then watching the bush series the next day and then or truck races on friday then the, the nationwide series on saturday nights and then the big show on sunday so I've just been always like that. I've stuck with it since then. I picked my drive. I, I was kind of, I actually was a Denny Hamlin fan for a bit. I, I will admit that back in 2007, because I remember I got to go to Pocono. That was the first year, first race I ever went to It was Pocono 2007. And I remember I didn't really have a favorite driver. I know my, own, my dad never really had a favorite driver. My uncle is a Jeff Gordon fan. My mom was a Dale Jarrett fan, but 2007 was his last year. Sad enough, like, he actually failed to qualify for that 500, so I never actually got to see Dale Jarrett race in a race. But 2007 was the first race I went to. I was kind of leaning towards Denny Hamlin just because I'm like, oh, he swept the races in 2006. This guy's pretty good at my home, like, my whole, home track. Pocono's, like, two and a half hours away from where I live. It's just straight shot on the interstate, and I'm there. But, yeah, I was, like, a Denny Hamlin fan for a little bit. Then I like Kyle Busch because he's, like, oh, he's 20 years old, and he's beating up on these guys. And then that one comment in 2007 about how he just bashed the COT car after is when I'm like, all right, this guy's honest about what's going on. So then uh, 2080, Rick Dale Jr., I'm like,
0: oh my God. All right, I guess I'm a Kyle Bush fan now. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I'm going to be honest. Dane for the crowd player. favorite, I guess. I was what?
2: a huge Kyle Busch fan when he came into the league. Um, both really? and the Bush <sighs> I was a Kyle Busch fan until Blaney came in. Um, and really won his first race at Pocono with the Wood Brothers. So I, I feel you there. I mean, I was part of the bad guy brigade for you know a better part of a decade there.
3: Yeah, that's what I just like you know, the cobblers. And then like at the the week after, I remember he won at Darlington, and the crowd not like that. And then the All Star race, whenever they used to have the cool driver inches, Remember, I remember he came mm-hmm. out, his whole crew came out. They were all wearing. They were, he was wearing that that weird what is a cowboy hat or something or whatever. I don't know why he did that but I remember he took a, had all his crew members just take a bow in front of everyone he got so many boos that race and I'm like alright I'm gonna like this villain guy nobody likes him but he's actually like a winner like he can back up the, he can back up this stuff right now so then he went on to win eight races that year and didn't win the championship but still it was the fact that Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush was my basically my guy after that and I have a bunch of Kyle Bush stuff as you can see I have a way more mm-hmm. Kyle Bush hats that I have displayed and you can see the Kyle Bush pit crew jackets and shirts that I have. So, pretty obvious that I'm a Kyle Bush fan. Everyone who knows me personally is like, oh, is that Kyle Bush fan? i to mix it up, guys.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people have different opinions, like we just said, on Kyle um, because he was that villain, because he was the guy that won so much, especially early in his career when he was so cocky about it. Um <laughs> But I, I, I feel like from the few interactions that we've had, um, we've had uh, not nearly the same personality traits as as Kyle Bush. So how would you uh, rate your own demeanor towards his and um, in your personal life? Do you do you strive as hard as he does to succeed?
3: i do i am a i graduated from college uh end of right before all the COVID stuff hit and then from there i basically like i kind of learned that you kind of have to go out and do your own stuff to get stuff and i'm a graphic designer i have my own thing i make things like these types of things Mm -hmm. like schedule graphics or you know like these types of hero card things that you see like that's just basically stuff on my free time and like obviously those are like kyle bush stuff but i do stuff for local high schools around where i live and they that's how i've gotten some work and how i have some of my in, like photo incomes from that i do take, take pictures at some of the sporting events do graphics for them and all the kids and parents love that and that's kind of how i've been getting by there that's like during the winter and stuff and then like right now during the summers i do landscaping so i'm pretty busy with all the stuff and like i do feel like I guess I can relate to Kyle Busch sometimes. Like I always want to be doing something and sometimes it gets mm. to the point where if I have a day off and sleep in, I'm still up at like six 30 cause I just can't sleep in. Or if I'm just yeah. sitting there not having anything to do, I'm like, I'm just like anxious. I'm like, I feel like I need to be doing
0: something or whatever, but. Yeah. So that sounds fun. So I guess in, In what you're doing when you're taking uh, these photos with sports or anything, do you have any specific stories or memories that you could pull back to that you had a lot of fun with doing since you've graduated? Um, I think some
3: of the cool things I got to take pictures at a our softball champion, like state championship, a couple years ago. That wasn't last year because of COVID, but the year before that, I got to go to state college they because they played their state championship on the penn state softball field so i got i got the media pass there so like i thought it was pretty cool just to get the experience of being inside the like like a division one like softball facility like i got to see like the press room like the like what's underneath the stadium or whatever like all the just a little all the behind the scenes type of stuff but being in media has been pretty cool i met a lot of great people in there i I really didn't know what i was going to get into after i like graduated but i did an internship Local sports, high school sports media group, and I. I still do some work here and there. I'll do help them out with some recaps and obviously take pictures at events. But it's also been nice that I get to go to any high school event and just flash the media pass, and I'm in for free because I haven't paid. I haven't paid to go to a high school sporting event since I started doing that three years ago.
0: Yeah, I, I've done the same thing with my student ID from my university. Uh, I haven't gotten caught yet, and I graduated. Um, almost will be four years in December. So <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Um, but yeah, so with the fan spotlights and stuff, of course we're, we we want to know just a little bit about you and stuff. So, um, you know, for, for us, uh, we all have told everybody about our hobbies outside of, of racing. Um, I know that, uh, that, Kind of within racing a little bit, we 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 talked to Colton about his ventures in parking lot go kart racing. Um, myself, I do uh, a little bit of sim racing as well as as um, creating different uh, schedules and and point systems for different uh, racing series. Um, so, what is it that you do outside of NASCAR uh, as a hobby? Yeah, pretty much just photography
3: graphic design i do have, like i said i do have that my graphic design site you can actually follow mm-hmm. it on instagram twitter or facebook it's at jb underscore graphics two underscores and i just do a bunch of stuff for fun like i'll make some hockey edits or football edit, basically whatever like seasons and like in right there like during the nfl season i was making a bunch of like football edits and then come like the winter time it was a bunch of like hockey and some basketball i'm not a big nba fan but it was a lot of hockey stuff but and then i have like a bunch of stuff for like the kids that i have around i'm at, well, i guess i also forgot i am a substitute teacher over at one of the schools near me so okay. that, that that's that's not bad i like doing that i got a sort of a full-time gig sort of a full-time thing it was like a long term i guess but i was in the same classroom for half the school year so i got to know that i basically had those kids for the whole year is what it came down to and basically happening in class and during that time that's whenever i made a lot of my graphics because as a substitute teacher you don't really have to teach because they had everything set there for you so most of the time i was just sitting there telling the kids yeah you can go to the bathroom or tell them to go wherever they want to go and i'm just sitting there on the desk back behind my computer making some graphics or whatever But that's some of the hobbies i like doing and i said i do landscaping i do actually enjoy doing landscaping it's real it's like a kind of it's kind of like a stress reliever i would say because it's just fun to just get out it's nice to do work where you're outside and like moving around and Helping other people basically because, like, I know some people move' know for like they don't live there, they just don't have time to do it, but you're doing like a good community service deed. And like I said, I like being outside, I would rather be doing that than sitting behind a desk all day and working nine to five and coming home. And...
2: So, you'd rather do that than substitute teach, is what you're saying?
3: Yeah, tor- <laughs> well, during the winter time, subbing was fine, but then once like spring got down, I'm like, ooh, I need to be out doing some. I, yeah, I would actually. I would like being. I like. I just like. I like being outside and being active and just travel. It's like travel. I know it's not like a lot of travel, but it's still like traveling just to different areas, different neighborhoods, just doing different things and mixing up my patterns and just fun stuff like that. I like doing.
0: Yeah, and that, that's something yeah. I think we should all get into. You say mix, mixing patterns and stuff like that. You know, I found you know especially recently for me prior to the Coke 600 and then um, our recent trip to to the West Coast. Just getting in that rut of doing the same thing over and over and over, it gets kind of boring. So mm-hmm. that's one good thing I think that this podcast has brought to me and, and maybe the other two guys that are on here. Um, but I do have to ask, so you are a substitute teacher. Uh, were you doing your dil- diligence and your duty as a NASCAR fan mm-hmm. and trying to get some of these kids into the sport? Well, I know I would wear. I would always talk to them because I
3: know – A lot of the kids that I had were like sports kids, so like we sometimes like you know I just bring up like hey, do not want to watch the NASCAR race over the weekend? And that spark some conversation or whatever. And a lot of them follow like started following my social media stuff and like oh you're a big NASCAR fan, yeah just a bit. (laughs) But the. the fans around here there's really not like it's weird but this area there's not that many like nascar fans out there like i remember i felt like i was always like the minority of like wearing nascar stuff because like mondays or fridays i'd be decked out in kyle bush stuff and everyone's just looking at me weird like oh you like nascar they just make left turn like yeah i mean they do but there's a lot more to it and i like I didn't care. It was always nice just to be the like the only person rocking like NASCAR gear every like Monday or Friday or even some days every single day of the week. It gave me something to talk about, and like some people, I did like turn into NASCAR fans because like one of my friends, like Colton, you know Ian, right, from our fantasy league. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, like he wasn't a big NASCAR fan, and then like. It was like I started getting into it, talking a little more about it, and then he's like, Oh, I'm gonna check this out. And I think 2011, the one that Trevor Bain won the 500, that was his first ra- like full race that he watched, and that got him hooked on the sport. So he's been a big fan since then. So I kind of feel good that I did that. And then I just started getting more pe- like the group or whatever that Colton knows from our fantasy group, like we all started getting into it a little bit more and watching it weekly and actually had like, I had a little core group of friends that actually watched. We could actually talk about, because before then, like I didn't really have any friends at school to talk about on Mondays. Everyone was talking about, Oh, did you see the NBA game over the weekend? And,
0: like, watch NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 My life. yeah. Yeah. I think that, that uh, especially for me, um, getting on this podcast was an easy way to get a couple of guys, um, to, to actually talk about NASCAR, because really prior to that, it was, you know, um, it's just my dad, and then luckily, my fiance and her dad were big NASCAR fans, so that, that was my core group of, of only uh, other NASCAR fans that I could really talk to on a, on a daily basis, uh, so so this podcast has kind of helped me out with that. So it, it's, it's cool to have a core group of guys. And now something that you just alluded to um, is something that a lot of people who love sports do, and that's fantasy, uh, you know, fantasy football, fantasy baseball. Uh, they've even got fantasy uh, NHL and, and, and NBA stuff. I, I've not really gotten into all of that. Uh, I played fantasy football when I was in high school. I haven't done it in a while. But I want you and Colton to kind of um, explain what you guys have been doing with your fantasy group and uh, kind of a little bit how it works and how much fun it's made you have. Because interestingly enough, the way you were explaining it to me when we had pri- uh prior conversation, it's totally different than any kind of fantasy NASCAR I've ever seen before.
3: Yeah, it's just something that, that me and that core group of friends or whatever, we just came up. Like we used to do – where we would just pick random drivers and whoever won won the money. Like we'd throw some money in there, like five bucks a piece, or whatever. And whoever had the winning driver would would get that lump sum, which would be like twenty bucks. But it, it was all, we we kind of like developed that a little bit as it went on. We kind of like this. We have an interesting points. We had a cool point system. We decided to put in like you just get like first place forty points, second place thirty nine. Go down there. And really the big thing with our fantasy thing, it's a redraft. So we'll have a team, we'll draft a team, have them for three races, then redraft, three races, redraft, three races. And then whoever has like the most points there, that's how we seed our playoffs. But the fun part about that fantasy thing is it kind of makes you root for different drivers. So, like as a Kyle Bush fan, obviously I'm not a huge Joey Logano fan. But if he's available at like that redraft or something, or he's there on the draft, you're like, <sighs> points, he's doing good in points. Do I wanna win? Do I want to you know what I mean? Like it kind of gets you to it also gets you to look at some of those like uh like your C tier drivers, you know, like mm-hmm. Tyler Reddick's or Anthony Alfredo's or like those types of lower guys, because sometimes with how our fantasy thing works, like you don't you don't wanna have like your team loaded because he knows how top guys are like Ryan Blaney. He's like a top driver, but obviously had that big failure. If you have all your eggs in the basket for a top t- top to your driver and they don't do so hot, you're kind of screwed. Whereas if you have four guys, like, let's say like Tyler Reddick, Eric Almirola, Matt D those guys who finish like within like the 10, 20 or whatever, that's where the money's at. If you get four guys that finish like in 10 through 20, you're getting a lot of points and probably might actually win for the week.
2: Yeah, I actually think I finished last in your league. Come the end of the nine races, I did not do good. But like Jared said, I just threw all my eggs every time we redrafted. I got Blaney every time, um, and it didn't fight me in the end because you know Blaney's luck is. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a super fun league. I'd be definitely down for doing that again. Um, it was something that Jared and his group of friends just did, um, and then he messaged me on Twitter one day and he said, "Hey, I've got you know this a spot open. Would you be interested in doing it?" And so. You know, hell yeah, I joined in. By the way, I still owe you thirty bucks, Jared.
3: All right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah we uh we used to only do like five or six people or whatever. and Then this year, since I got I started getting into NASCAR, the NASCAR Twitter community for some reason. I don't even remember what the, my motive was on that. But I got into that. No one that. knows
2: why they get into NASCAR. <laughs> Twitter.
3: Yeah, I I have no. Yeah. I can't even tell you how I got into it. I think I just started following people and responded to people and just retweeted their stuff, and it got me to where I'm at today. But we expanded, we used to, like I said, we used to have like five or six and I'm like, you know what, let's expand it to 10. I'm going to try this format out. We ended up getting our 10 people we wanted. And just to tell you how fun that was, I made the playoffs as the sixth seed by one point. It came down oh, wow. to one point and like those like points do matter in those, in that league. And one of the cool twists we have is we have like prediction points. So you can predict a driver and a manufacturer. So like you could do like Kyle Busch and Ford or someone in a different manufacturer. That way you can root for that manufacturer, but that's, in that, those, those points come in big towards the end. And then I remember our champion, he was last. He was like dead last in his standings whatever after six races he got that first overall pick for a redraft because how we do our redraft is like lowest points get first picks. You know what I mean? Like that, we do a serpentine style. So he drafted well. He got hot in that the last three races and snuck. I think he even like I think he worked his way from like seventh in points the whole way to like third or fourth I think, and then ended up like upsetting and winning the championship. That so it's super competitive if you do your things right and it makes you look at makes a lot of us were on like the NASCAR averages seeing who's good at these tracks and the redraft factor is pretty cool too. Cause you have to look at these three races coming up. Like, Oh, we got two mile and a half and a short track. Or I think our second one was like Bristol dirt. And then we had a mile and a half and our road course or whatever. So you have to look at the stats, look who's good at these three types of tracks. Or if you have like a short track and two intermediates, you're like, all right, so I, I might want to draft someone who's really good at intermediates and get those like, get good points out of those guys. But overall, it's just something fun and some other things we do. We have some tradings and stuff. You can trade your draft picks for drivers. So if you want to load up and try to win that segment, you can. But you're also risking maybe losing some draft picks. Or if you want, man, to I didn't
2: know about that. I wouldn't finish last if I'd known about that.
0: Oh yep. yeah, <laughs> that's why you finished last most likely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See yeah, no, what he, he did? Is is he just got you that. in there as a field filler. He didn't want to tell you all the rules because he you knew you'd yeah. win.
2: Yeah, I was yeah. Eric McClure of that league, dude.
0: Yeah, because you got—I always like looked
3: like my my division was always making trades, and I'm like, wow, those guys aren't even making any trades. They must be set with their teams or whatever. And yeah, it's just something fun. I I like doing. I thought maybe we could get, like us four or whatever could get something or whatever going and. You guys can yeah. experience it like firsthand how how it is like if we can get maybe like us four and maybe two others like that I know or whatever so they people with experience with it can help you guys out with it I think you guys would really enjoy it once once you get into the gist of yeah. things
0: no, I think we should do that I think it'd be pretty yeah, fun to add a new element of, of racing yeah I mean, it's, it's, of it's uh, the good
2: thing was it was a super short season like the season ended you know a couple months ago for, mm-hmm. for our fantasy league so you don't have yeah. to keep doing it all year I really like that.
3: Mm -hmm. yeah because we only back in the day like back in high we did it in high school and like usually like the coke 600 was like the last race before school let out but like how we did it is like three three races three races three races that's nine for the regular season and the playoffs for only three races i think so that's like 12 weeks you have to put time into it because i know like the summer everyone's busy doing their own things especially when you're younger and it's just hard to It was hard for us back then to like keep up nowadays, like for social media, so we could keep up. But it's just nice and short. It's not something you have to put like, it's not like you don't have to do weeks and weeks and weeks worth of stuff. It's just like short and sweet and you're ready to go.
0: Yeah. Sounds like something we should uh, look into doing. Um, And we can work that out, you know, off stream or not. Um, So, uh, Jared, I know Nathan had some questions for you Mm -hmm. as well. So I'll go ahead and turn it over to him for. Yeah. a bit. Um. Well, I guess on a fan note, um,
1: since we obviously know that you're a massive Cal fan, I had a couple questions for you. Um, the first one being, what would your favorite race be from a TV perspective? Like, just favorite to watch. Oh,
3: I don't. I, that's that's a tough question because I know there's just been so many races that I like. Like, I like that Watkins Glen race with Ambrose and Keselowski racing yep. each other towards the end. I have a soft spot for that 2007 Daytona 500. Right um some other races i liked i'm a big fan i like the bristol race i've always liked the bristol races just because of how they how they play out i remember last year i watched that the that bristol night race with kevin harvick and kyle bush and i think that was the most frustrated i've ever gotten at a race recently <laughs> just because kyle bush hasn't won yet and he's like that right. close, and he was leading there at the end and then i'm like oh i, I was so ups- i was so upset after the end of that race but i'm like Sorry, right. but that was that was a good race. Like that was racing to me. So I thought that was pretty nice to see. Um I do like poke like I'm poke no regular attender, so I'll be mm-hmm. going back this weekend. But I think um yeah, I think the actually the Ryan Blaney win was probably one of my favorite races that I went to at poke. That, that was a great race. Yeah, the fact that he held off Kevin Harvick in that Wood Brothers car at the end with because like, that was mm-hmm. back, back before the new package that they have so like he raced them yeah. out there at the end and i remember the fans were going crazy and then i thought it was cool that he didn't do a burnout because he was like right. i'm like wow that's cool like that's cool you're not tearing up the car that you just won so those are some of my favorite races i liked like seeing on tv some want that one for obviously it was live but those right. are just some those are just some of the top in my head that i can think of or even like i can even go back to those couple years they did the tandem drafting i'm a big tandem i was a big tandem right. drafting fan back oh, then. welcome
0: to the club my guy
3: i honestly like i kind of like this is the hot take but i wish they would do that again because i think that's a lot absolutely better. Yeah. And if they're complaining about safety, I'm like, well, maybe not have them in packs, maybe just have them in two car tandems. And I I always liked seeing like, oh, who's working with who, or how are they going to do the switch thing? Or then I liked at the ends or whatever. There was a lot of good finishes with like the two car tandems that people don't realize. Like there was that Jimmy Johnson four wide finish. There's Jamie McMurray, Kevin Harvick last lap pass. There was the Clint, Clint Boyer, Jeff Burton pass at the end like there was a lot of good races out of that that I think yeah. is just overlooked David yeah. Reagan, David Reagan won the July Daytona race with the, that package
0: yeah well mm-hmm. I think a lot of people had the I guess disdain for that package just because you had to have someone else working with you to do good mm-hmm. but I mean my dad and I uh, attended I think all four of those races maybe only three of them um, at Talladega with that package and I can't tell you how how I've ever been entertained more at a race live. I mean, we're talking record number of lead changes. We're talking record number of lead changes at the line uh, and record number of pass, green flag passes and stuff. And that's something you you hadn't seen at those super right. speedways, you know, at, at Michigan and above since before the restrictor play happened, before all the arrow wars started, you know, where, where those racetracks used to see um, 60 and 70 lead changes, you know, a race. Well, we hadn't seen that since the eighties and we yeah. finally got it in the, in the early 2010s there. And it was amazing. Yeah. It had to happen with two cars, but I mean, it was, it was very think, entertaining. No one could walk it, away with it either. I think it was also cool too. Cause like you can only
3: push the guy a certain amount of time before they have to make a switch. That's where you right. got all your lead changes. So I'm like, how far are you right. going to push? How far are you going to push? Right. Your car, like how far out do you want to get there? And then I think that also took away from like the manufacturer wars that we see now. Like I, I just I'm not a big fan of that because right. like That's like, oh, well, like oh I'm I'm not gonna work with him because he's a he's a Ford. I'm a Toyota. I'm only gonna work with the Toyotas. And then like as right. a Kyle Bush fan, like well we're kind of outnumbered. The Toyotas are yeah, outnumbered all obviously. I'm them. like yeah like wow. So everyone like all the Fords and Chevys are ganging up with each other. And then there's like oh there's the four Gibbs cars trying to get together. <laughs> yeah. and how are they how are they doing? But yeah, yeah I was just I've always loved the Tan. Drafting, then people complain about the trains at the end of the race because I everyone knows like Daytona Talladega, day, like the last fifty laps, it's just going to be a train because everyone just wants to get through the end. Whereas you had the tandem mm-hmm. drafting, at least you, you had, couldn't, you, yeah, you couldn't really do that because you had to switch. Right. You would at least see like side by side or some sort of lead yeah. change. Whereas like what was it, Mike? Who was not Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano. They like they led like the last fifty laps before all the mayhem started.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So it's yeah, I think that's know. cool. I think yeah, I actually think the,
2: the tandem racing provided more strategy because you had to work with someone else, you know? Right. I think um, and even my- if two cars got way out ahead, like the, the McMurray Harvick finish that you alluded to, um you still saw you were guaranteed to see side-by-side racing for the end. No one was just going to sit back and mm-hmm. gladly finish second, you know?
3: Yeah, because you have um, to, like, they had to time, everyone had to time those things yeah. out, right? Just, like, the four-wide finish, right. like, that everyone timed that out pretty good. So that that's that strategy into it. Plus, it made that start, where the start-finish line was more memorable because, like, you're like, oh, I wonder how we're going to, how where, when are they going to make their move or whatever? And then, like, obviously, like, if those two guys mess up, whoever's in third place could just come in and steal the win. So yep, right. I, I think there's just more excitement, more like you just said, strategy involved. Cause like, you know, I guess you have to also think about pitting. Like, are you going to pit with this guy mm-hmm. or are you going to pit with like another, <laughs> another tandem group or whatever? So I, yeah, I yep. I've just always been a big tandem fan over the past couple of years. I know they're probably never, ever going to go do that. Maybe with this new 450 package, they're going to try at Daytona. Like maybe that might do it probably. not, I mean- But,
1: Yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool. The frustrating part for me is that as somebody who kind of likes a little bit of both, you know, like I like the package that they've had recently, but I also like the tandems. I wish that they would let the Xfinity guys have no restrictions on the bumper locking because I think Mm -hmm. those cars, their bumpers line up better. Like they're clearly capable of doing it. They're just not allowed. So it kind Mm -hmm. of hurts the quality of the lower series racing a lot. If they would just let them them have at it, then you'd you'd get your tandem racing and your pack racing all on one weekend.
3: Yeah, you even get that in like the Arca series too. I remember watching mm-hmm. like the the Arca finish wasn't that great, but it's like they also can't lock bumpers or even touch bumpers in the yeah. corner, so like they can't really do anything.
0: Yeah, that, that rule has always frustrated me because you know what happens when I get the cup and I haven't ever maneuvered around other cars with my bumper stuck to another one. Um, right, I gotta to learn that, to man. understand what the hell we're doing, yeah, like, yeah, like you said, you gotta learn it somewhere. Uh, so sadly, though, for us, uh, tandem truthers, I guess. Uh, The round bumpers on the next-gen car, I don't think that we'll be able to see these tandem drafts anymore uh, ever, and that's really disappointing uh, to me. So I do want to ask – this is kind of off-topic. I know um, this was not really spotlighting you as a fan, Jared, but – Do you think if we could get the power right, we could get the same sort of racing with single cars, kind of what I was alluding to that happened before the plates, um, where we're still not going so fast to where NASCAR wants to slow them down, but we're also not packing up? Do you think that would be possible? Because I think we could have a Michigan-esque package at these super speedways and and see better passing and and not, you know, I I don't know, maybe – having a package where we had to break would be fun, but, you know, they'd have to be going 200-something mile an hour to get there. So, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on on is it possible to get that same sort of racing with a single car, especially moving to next year? Uh, I'm going to
2: flat out say no. Because it's so wide open around those tracks, um, you would have to have the braking time in order to get those that single car package that you're looking for
3: yeah i think yeah. like like yeah like what colt's saying like talladega like the they're just like those they're just so f- wide open there like i don't think they're unless they're going like to like 220 or whatever i don't think right i don't think you'll see breaking at talladega just because of how wide the track is and i think daytona they're probably not going to try to mess with things too much just because that's a traditional race track so i i think you'll probably continue to see pack racing and i think that's what a, a lot of fans would will wanna see. I think they don't I don't think I don't know if they would like that at those types of track because everyone knows that daytime and Talladega, you're either gonna see pack racing or close racing. Whereas like what you were saying like a Michigan type, I think that'll stick with like those Michigans you're I guess not auto club anymore, but
0: yeah not auto club sadly. <laughs> um, yeah. Or maybe not sadly. I don't know. I don't know. We're taking a unique racetrack right. and making it I into think- another unique trait racetrack. So I don't know where I feel about that. But um I, don't I think know yeah. I guess I guess think- I sorry to interrupt
3: i think like if they continue to try things you're gonna see stuff more like the all-star race because i think that's the only way you're gonna get them to do what i think you're trying to say with the pe- with the cars but yeah. i also don't know how the next the next gen they haven't really said like what kind of package and stuff that are running yet. like i don't know if they're gonna have the big big spoiler or the little spoiler or if it's gonna vary from track to track but I would like to see them do something where they just have like three different packages where they can run like a short track package, kind of intermediate cool. track, intermediate package, and the super speedway package. Just keep it that simple. Don't make modifications for every single race. Like you know, like Darlington, they ran the 750 package, but yet at like, or where else do they run like, or like Texas or wherever they have to run the yeah. lower package. And like just keep keep something where all intermediates are something the same, all the short tracks are the same, and all the super speedways are the same yeah i would agree um i i thought of something the other day that i never really have
1: seen put into practice but i know that the gen 4 seems to have different bumper shapes at different tracks because you would see mm-hmm. at the mile and a half that so they'd be pretty much wedge shaped like a super late model would and then in mm-hmm. super speedway they would be more rounded off yeah i've always cool. wondered as to why they couldn't just do that for daytona Talented, to just round off the bumpers like they would in the old days yeah i
3: i did notice that whenever i was younger like the big Mm -hmm. they look they look kind of like i used to call them they're like the fat cars are out there so they're a little bit fatter and then you go to the intermediates and short tracks and they're just slim
0: so like maybe we might see something like that i
3: don't know
0: yeah I, i don't know that we would because unless they got different stamps for the uh for the bodies, they're not going to be able to do that because we don't we don't have fabricators anymore going in next year. You know, everything's no, going to be so. everything's going to be composite. Everything's going to be one to one for each manufacturer. I don't know. Um, I kind of was on board with this. I even told Colton. Uh, I guess one of the first few times he was on it. This is going to be the best mile and a half racing that he's he's ever seen, and he's going to love it next year. Uh, kind of might have had a really bad bet with that because looking at it, especially what you guys are saying, um, the cars are going to be pretty samey samey and I think right after watching a little bit of you know fixed setup racing on iRacing and you know past rock races and stuff I, I think it's not really good racing more of as a spectacle because who can wheel the race car that's provided to them better than the other guys and I don't think that's fair to guys uh, you know like your your favorite Kyle Busch who really strive on uh, getting to the track with a car that might not be 100% and getting it to that 100% mark through practice sessions and stuff. So I don't know exactly where we're going with uh, the next gen. We'll have to see. Um, and, you know, hopefully all the fans will stay along uh, for the ride with that. Hopefully it will be pretty good. Um, I did want to say, though, uh, I'm not sure how much access you've had towards drivers or anything else, but have you had any – interactions with any drivers and if so what was your favorite one um pocno
3: i always got they had like the last couple years or so like probably since like 2012 they had it's like the tricky triangle club whatever and they have like two drivers come in and you get, it's like a Q and A session basically, and you just talk, like, ask drivers questions. I didn't, I didn't get to ask any questions, but I think I got, I've gotten autographs there because I'll just go stand in the line before they go into their golf cart to go in there. Like I got gotten Kurt Bush's autograph. I got, I got his uh, Ryan Blaney ryan blaney's autographic on pictures picturing him actually that one year but it's just kind of cool because like they ask a lot of the fans like they don't ask like racing types of questions they just ask like right. questions like oh what's your what's the weirdest thing you've ever signed or just different things like that that pertain to like what like i think jimmy johnson was a big hit one year that they had they were asking him a whole bunch of stuff like what kind of like what's his fitness routine or something like that that he would do and he's like oh i just bike like 20 miles or so you know <laughs> so Probably my favorite interaction, I would say, would probably be that selfie with Ryan Blaney. Actually, because I'm like, oh, okay. got a selfie with Ryan Blaney, so that was I thought that was pretty cool. And then, 2019, I got Kyle Bush's autograph the first time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool because how they did it. I don't know if you got you guys know where that where they do the victory lane thing at Pocono. Yeah. Back back in the garage area, they have like a little pathway, and that's where all the drivers were going through to get to the like the driver intro stage, and like you'd see all your, like, guys like B.J. McLeod and, and Garrett Smithleys and all those guys would walk through there. Reed's, I got Reed Sorensen's autograph just for fun that one year, yeah. and then I looked over, Kyle Busch was running the Hazelnut car, so I I was, like, I'm all I'm over here just waiting for him to come out there, because, like, I saw, like, I, I didn't see all the drivers because, like, I think some of them, like, kind of sneak off because they don't want to deal with, like, autographs or ever. Like, I remember Kevin Harvick went through and he didn't sign a single thing. He just walked through and waved everyone, but I saw. I looked over to my right, and I saw a Blue Fire suit. And I'm like, oh, that's Kyle Busch over there. And he he was walking towards. I think he snuck around like the long way, like where the cars would go into the garage. And there's another like little fenced area where you can get autographs and stuff. But he was like the one person that was walking over there. So I'm like, I'm sprinting the whole way over to that side. There is nobody over in that area because everyone's focused on their favorite driver over in the other area. I sneak my head over and I'm like, hey, can you? Sign? <laughs> I got him to sign it. I'm like, Let's go. Yeah. Did he go on uh, to win that race or he did go on to win that race. Yeah. That's oh, that, that led so, into the question I had because really yeah.
1: what your what your favorite race in person was, and I would assume that's gotta be up there, well,
3: right? That's up that's up there. I think I also got to see his first win in the caramel car whenever he won mm-hmm. like the fall race. I got yeah. to see that I got to see that race live. I think I'm a, I'm honestly even gonna be biased and say the Bristol night left 2019 bristol night race that was probably my favorite live race i've seen like i love pocono and all but just the whole atmosphere like i think that was that's really crazy i don't think it was, was there, a sell was that but, the
2: year that Di benedetto and hamlin were yes paddling? yes
3: yeah. that's one that's of my favorite that, ever. That, i i just the whole like lead up to the bristol night race because like i i've yeah. always dreamed of going to that it was like my graduation present i mm-hmm. we got that we went down friday stayed and then, as soon as i get to bristol there's all these merchandise tents so i'm like oh i'm gonna lose a lot of money buying all these things i think i bought like 12 die cash forever because oh there's God. this tents on tents on tents on tents of old M- nascar stuff and then you get in the track i got uh, pit passes or whatever so i'm walking around bristol i'm going down pit road or whatever and just the whole lead up because you have that whole day and then the races at night like oh it's the big, like, I remember we left Pit Road, got to our seats, and I'm just sitting there. You see all the people start crowding in, you got the pre race stuff going on. They did the driver intros. It was fun. I know whenever Kyle Bush like Kyle Bush came on, it was like, Oh, I've never heard this many booze before. I'm like, I'm that one Kyle Bush fan that's like standing up like cheering everyone on. Yeah. yeah. You are Dalton Good. I get yeah. it. Yes, yeah. yes, he's yeah. one of the guys.
1: And then, I had to ask you a question about that race while I'm at it. Is that I know that when I was watching on TV, that when the Benedetto got passed for the lead in the last, I don't know, 20 laps of that race, I almost felt like it kind of sucked the, sucked the life out of the crowd.
3: Oh, my they were all rooting for yeah. him. Yes, it did. Everyone, I, I remember all the groups beside me whenever Hamlin passed, they were like, no.
1: <laughs> I mean, not me. I was
3: celebrating. So Yeah, like nothing against, Danny Ham- nothing against Hamlin. I liked right. it. So I liked it. I was curious about that because I know that. People I, are really upset on social media. I think I think he got some booze whenever he want like was doing his burnouts. And then yeah. I remember a lot of you know how a lot of people just dip as soon as like the race and interviews are. I think yeah. a lot of people stayed just to see Matt D's interview. And mm-hmm. I remember when he they showed him on like the big jumbotron, the yeah. place, place with nuts and like like everyone was cheering him on. And I like I was like oh, I might have to get myself a Matt D shirt or whatever, but I knew he wasn't going to be, I was like, you know what? I might just wait till we, because that was before like he announced that he was going to the right. different team. I'm like, I don't really want to spend like 25 bucks or whatever on a 95 Matt D yeah. shirt right now when I can right. get it cheaper, might as well just get a, get a 21 t-shirt or whatever. But yeah, the crowd, crowd loved Matt D from there. I think that just made him a big yeah. favorite or whatever. I think it was cool too. Cause like you saw the emotion of the, like that second place mm-hmm. finish. Cause like we were talking about earlier, like Kyle Busch whines a lot, but it's also like yeah. it's emotion that you don't really see out of guys because like you'll see guys that finish second like your average age. Like, yeah, car just wasn't well good enough. We'll get him next week or whatever. Whereas you see guys like Matt D was like – he was like visually upset that he finished second. Right,
1: because he never you know, knew like, if he'd have another chance again, you know.
3: Yeah, because that's what – I was talking to like the one group of fans that were like, man, I don't know if he's going to get a shot like that again, you know. Yeah, so I remember
1: it, Hamlin too. Like he, he kind of – he almost sort of – he didn't know which way to go with celebrating because i mm-hmm. remember him saying that like i part of me feels bad for him but the other part of me had to do mm-hmm. my job so it's like, yeah i've never seen a race winner actually feel bad for the guy mm-hmm.
3: yeah because he said that yeah. in his interview like man he i, yeah. I feel bad for Matt D. And like and then all the well, one guy was like don't pass him and i'm like i mean you still gotta do you still gotta do <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, just yeah. not pass him <laughs> Like I, I don't care like if it's one of you guys like I'm gonna pass you guys if I get a chance, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, we're best friends, but guess what? I'm passing you. Know?
1: That was such a fun night, at least for me. I don't wanna speak on behalf of the Benedetto fans, but I remember sitting in my bed watching that at like what, probably close to midnight and he fell a lap down because he was leading the race, something damaged his car. Like I think Austin Dillon blew a tire in front of him when he was leading, he fell a lap down. Got his lap back. He restarted the final caution tenth or eleventh and he just mm-hmm. drove up through the field. That, that
3: was, yeah, that was just a really like overall good race because like there was just Yeah, like, there was a lot of stuff going on. Like I know Kyle Bush, I think he got caught a lap down at one point, and then he worked right. his way all the way back up to the lead. And yeah, it was just I think Eric Jones was up there too. Yeah, Eric Jones was up the there. That that track is like you guys been have any of you guys been to Bristol? Um sadly I've you know, not you know it, it was actually sometimes hard to figure out like who's running where just because like once you get into that lap traffic it's like oh mm-hmm. we're who, who's running where or whatever you have to look at the jumbo screen try to see where guys are at but it was kind of cool seeing like you can't actually see like who's going faster like i said kyle bush got trapped a lap down and i remember i do remember seeing him visually just work his way through him like he's got a fast car right now i think they found mm-hmm. something and then he kind of fell back towards the end but overall like that was a great race i'm all the bristol races have recently been good like last year's bristol night race was good what was it 2018 when kurt bush won that was a heck that was That's probably cool. that was probably one of my favorite races of t- the whole 2018 season just pulling oh, yeah. out all the stuff that happened and then even one of my favorite races that i never like i wasn't old enough to remember 2002 bristol night race was probably like my favorite. like probably i would rank that up there with like all-time favorite races just because mm-hmm. of all the events and stuff that happened, because you had like the Dale Jr. Ward burden thing going on, you had oh, the yeah. Jimmy Johnson Robbie Gordon thing going on. Then you have winless Jeff Gordon at the time, like trying to break a streak, bumps and runs, Rusty Wallace. And Yeah, that was just an overall Man. like that yeah. was. What was I think Sterling Marlin was the point leader that at that race too. So mm-hmm. uh, that's probably yes. up. Mm-hmm. That's probably up there with like I, I'll watch that. I watched that. I remember it's on YouTube. I watched the whole race one year, and I'm like. There's a it's, lot of stuff going on. Oh
1: yeah, there's a lot of. It's interesting. You're a lot more disciplined than I than I am in that regard because I know for sure that if I was asked that question about favorite races to attend, I would have just instantly went right for the one that my driver won because mm-hmm. I don't get to see it that often. But you you have a lot to pick from a Pokemon. Yeah, so. the,
3: yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. I remember the one year Dale Junior won. I remember the crowds were.
1: It, it oh, was it was yeah, it I was,
3: it was a there. it was a freaking party there. I remember. But, I have, yeah, I've never seen a junior one in person. Yeah, it was nuts. Like I remember all the junior fans were just there was a bunch of people shotgunning beers in the whole parking lot. I'm like, all right, junior nation's having a party, but but yeah, Pokeno, I've gotten to see a lot of interesting races there. I can remember the Joey Logano beating Mark Martin towards the end. Oh, that race killed me, man. I was like, I, I I'm know a big I, Mark Martin fan I was rooting for Mark in the fit that fifty five yeah. car. I'm like, come on, Mark, you got you ought to get a win that we just got. Lost it there. Uh, I saw Jeff, Jeff Gordon won there. Martin Truex won there. I think Kurt Busch won there one year. Obviously, the Ryan Blaney win I saw. Uh, Kyle Busch winning. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been like upset about a race winner there besides maybe the Mark Martin Joe Logano yeah. one. But other than that, I've just always loved Pocono. And people give Pocono a lot of slack just because of how the on-track racing and stuff is, which I will agree it's not the best at some points it used to be cool back then whenever it used to be a fuel, like fuel mileage race because that's when it was interesting because like it's not your it's not your kansas or texas or whatever that has bankings that you can like Mm -hmm. try to coast your way back you run out and turn one you're screwed you're probably not even going to make it back to the line at that rate yeah in general it's just the whole the whole atmosphere there there's just so many different like things you can do, do so many different places. And it's kind of cool. Cause like, it's not, it's not one of those tracks that are like in the city. Like, you know, you got your Charlotte, that's in the mm-hmm. city, you got your Texas, it's in the city, your Nashville, Nashville's in the city. It's, it's just in the middle of the woods and growing up, yeah, I'm just, accru- cool. growing up. I'm just accustomed to that. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm in the sticks right now. So go to drive down. I'm like, Oh, there's two and a half mile racetrack right in the middle, surrounded by woods. And I'm like, perfect. This is like, it's home basically to me. So it's just the whole whole atmosphere and then you know you have fans that are traveling there you know you're still not that far from philly you're not that far from new york city but then there's also the poking mountains there's all these trails if you're into fishing hunting or whatever there's all that stuff like wildlife tra- stuff to do that you don't really see that's around any other tracks yeah it's it's cool i
1: went there once when i was really little but i do remember quite a bit of the stuff there so with all that being said, um, are you going to be there this weekend? Or? I am.
3: Yep, we got our go. we got our stuff, our hotel for Saturday night. So I get this is going to be an interesting experience for me because I'm just used to going down Sunday morning with my dad, get go into the track, get pit passes, go on walk on pit road. It used to be cool whenever they had NASCAR race day. That used to be my favorite back in the day, yeah. trying to get on TV and everything. But the fact that there's what truck series on saturday at noon and then the cup series to follow then xfinity at noon on sunday and the cup series to follow. And like, all right i get four races this whole weekend so and we got our pit passes so pro- probably during like the trucks and xfinity i might just like you know walk around like down pit road river just to see like just because this is going to be a whole different experience than it is because you're going to have all these drivers all these crews all these people there and another thing that someone brought up in our last podcast that i did Northeastern Pennsylvania hasn't really had a race in a while, cause like that had fans. Like I know they were at Pocono, New Hampshire last year. Watkins Glen didn't have a race, but those races didn't have fans. I mean, you can count Dover, but north just the fact that Northeast Pennsylvania and Pocono is kind of like that, tri- like in that Pocono, yeah. New York, New Hampshire, Tri like Bermuda Triangle there. Like those fans haven't seen a NASCAR race since the 20- 2019 season. So I think. I think you're going to see probably close to sellout. Maybe I would say I would say close to a sellout because I know there are RVs or whatever, so RV parking, camping stuff sold out for the weekend. So I think we're going to see a lot of fans there this weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for it too because that's where my dad's from, and I'd be curious to see a reaction if Kyle sweeps the weekend there. Um, somebody's got to like record your reaction or something
3: because well i I'm, 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 I'm more I, I, expect, I, I expect nothing less than kyle larson just flat out dominating and winning yeah. <laughs> winning both weekends leading 75 percent of the laps and i don't know it's going to be interesting i'm kind of curious to see how how it all plays out i know kyle bush is in the m&m's mini scheme this week so we'll see if the luck is a little bit a little bit better than last last year yeah.
1: It'll be interesting. So, um, I'm hoping that sorry. Hamlet can grab a win, and that's all I need.
2: So, I do have two quick questions. Um, you mentioned Matt D. Did you ever get a 21 shirt?
3: No, I have not gotten a 21 what shirt. What the yet.
0: fuck, man? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I spent one job. I said you were gonna do it, and you didn't do it. All right, I, I, well, I with I, the 30
3: I sp- bucks I send you, get a Matt D shirt. All right, I can do that. <laughs> I'll get I'll probably I'll probably load up on some merchandise this weekend at pokemon I'll probably spend way too much money that I should be spending. I know I spent a decent amount at Dover whenever I went a couple weeks ago, but I'm just hoping they have some of those uh mer- like not not non uh not the merchandise hauler apparel. I like going to those like off-brand flea market types of things to get a bunch yes. of I love those. I was like, I got a, I got a Ken Schrader die yeah. cast up there. It's like the right. old Snickers or whatever. It's like 10 bucks for a perfectly new one twenty-fourth scale. And as you can see, I'm also a hat collector. So I will mm-hmm. be on, I will be on the lookout for some hats also. And then
2: uh, you touched on your podcast. I was gone for a little bit. I don't know if you mentioned it before. Um, what's the podcast that you do or you guest star
3: on? i it is called The Back Road on In Between Media. So that that site's their niche is kind of more with the fantasy football community. However, we have branched out. We want to try to get into the NASCAR community. So me, Seth, and Elliot, you know, you know them, Colton. They do, mm-hmm. we started we started our own like NASCAR show to kind of focus more on fantasy NASCAR. We're kind of like trying to get. That aspect, because what we talk about is there's not really a big like NASCAR fantasy stuff going on. Like you see your like fantasy live or your like the Clint Boyer thing on Fox with fantasy or your Start and Park type stuff. There's not really like big NASCAR fantasy community like there is in like your say your not fantasy football community or your like what you were talking about, Alex, with like fantasy hockey or basketball or whatever. Like NASCAR fantasy, there's not really. There's not really a niche to it, more so, more to say less. Like, there's that's something where, with the thing that we have going on, I think if we try, I don't know, kind of adapt it or whatever, or like try to get it out there more, I think that's something that could be big. And maybe we could be like the next, like, Fandle or something like that, just because there's not a niche for fantasy NASCAR as there is with other sports.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you and I had talked about that uh, previously a couple of uh, weeks ago. About different ideas for fantasy and stuff like that. So I think, I think bringing in, um, bringing in other people um, to do that is going to be really good. And, and and I'm glad you shouted those guys out. I'm um, glad that you guys are trying to do that because I mean, us three, uh, we we want to do fantasy NASCAR. But like you said, there's really not much space to do it. And if there are spaces to do it, they're really either too simplistic or not fun because, like you said, they they expand the whole season. Um, and, and some people just get burned out after a f- basically mm-hmm. 40 week schedule like we have in the cup series. So, um, just under the table, do kind of want to hint that there are some stuff coming, um, with us. So don't forget Jared's name because he's going to be, um, uh, very pivotal and in, in the future of fan fuel and then his other projects as well. Um, but uh, we appreciate you being on today. I do have one question and, uh, this might be a flop because I'm not sure how much you're in it. I am a short track dirt guy and Colton is a short track asphalt guy. So, you know, I got to ask Pennsylvania Speedweeks. weeks. We're talking Port Royal, Williams Grove, you know, Lincoln Speedway and the like. Have you gotten in to World of Outlaws front car racing and Pennsylvania speed weeks? I have.
3: I'll be honest. I have not gone to any of those like big name dirt tracks. I'm more I've gone to Jennerstown at jennerstown speedway they just had the wheeling modifieds there at the end of may that i got to see and the guy that won srx he finished second that race cool story on that one and okay. i think they're having uh it's called the cars tour and josh Berry mm-hmm. will be racing there so I will, yeah. be, I will get to see him in a couple weeks i would like to go i would like to go to port royal i'm i'm throwing it up right now i don't know if i want to go to learnersville tomorrow because I kind of want to see Kyle Larson, but I also don't know if he'll be there because I guess what I messaged I messaged the Speedway on Facebook and they're like, yeah, he's. It's more of they don't know until he shows up type of thing. Like nobody really knows what dirt track Kyle Larson's gonna be until he shows up. Like he, I guess he just shows up and goes out and wins basically. But I would like to get into like going to some of the bigger name dirt tracks. I know we have we have some small local dirt tracks that I've gone to and they're a lot of fun. But I think like going to I think going to a world of outlaws dirt track on a Saturday night or Friday night or whatever, I think that would probably get me to want to go to more. Yeah.
0: Well, it's Pennsylvania speed week starts, I, I believe on the 25th. So that's this weekend mm-hmm. as well. Um, yep. So yep. they're starting if, at- it's the time to go. If you're going to go now yep. um, would be the time to do it. So I, I've personally never seen the world of outlaws. They've only been down here a couple of times um in my neck of the woods i guess we're a little bit too far south for them because uh, they usually stay in the midwest and northeast and then a little bit on the west coast um and of course florida uh because racing is kind of centered in florida <clears throat> um you know you know with with the weather and everything during the, the winter months so mm-hmm. seeing those guys rocket those things i mean they're they're nice. big motors a lot of downforce and there those guys are just fucking batshit crazy. Yeah. So, seen 360's they 360s uh, yeah. I've seen the 360s prints and they put on a damn good show. So, I would say just because you're in that neck of the woods, I would recommend going and watching something uh, yeah. at one of those tracks during Pennsylvania Speed Weeks. Um Now you had mentioned stuff about um seeing Doug Kobe win uh in SRX and he was second place. Uh, I am relatively new to asphalt short track racing. I went to my first asphalt short track race at Montgomery for the Alabama 200. And I believe it was March. Uh, this might be a better suited topic for, for Colton, uh, because he's been to asphalt (laughs) races Mm -hmm. a lot more. Um, but, but, uh, kind of what, what is something that you like about, going to that Jennerstown Speedway compared to the big, I guess, glitz and glam that is NASCAR, if you could call it that. I think it's more of you see the local guys who were, like, they
3: put their life and money into those vehicles, whereas not naming any drivers, but you have some guys that have some – money there that get an easy easy pass to the cup and whatever whereas you have guys that spend their whole lives putting money into these vehicles and cars and it's cool too because like they have like their own working up system so you'll see your guys working from like one series to eventually get to the big late models is what the big thing big deal is up here but it's just nice going to your support your local short short track i've always stand by that after i've Gone to a lot of races down at Jennerstown. And if I go to the right weeks, I might get someone cool down there. Like, I remember they hinted, like, oh, we got a former truck series driver. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to that. It turned out to be Kale Gale, if you guys remember that.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh no shit. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Kale
3: Kale Gale raced that. I'm like, oh, Kale Gale's going to be there. And I remember he walked out in the driver intros. He was wearing his Ream KHI fire suit. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good race. Of course, he smoked the field and won by half a straightaway. But it was just cool to see Kale Gale was there. And then, like I said, Josh Berry is going to be there in a couple weeks. And I'm sure there's some other name drivers that I can't think of at the top of my head that are going to be there. Jennerstown's kind of on the move. I'd like to see them maybe get a K&N race there, but they just, they've upgraded their facility a lot. I know the front stretch, they just put in brand new LED lights. So, oh. and like I said, they've gotten the, they got the cars tour there. They got the modifieds there. I think the modified, they announced the modifieds will be back there next year. So I'm hoping they can maybe get like a K&N race or even an ARCA race there. I doubt ARCA, but it'd still be kind of cool to get maybe a lower series. Cause I know the K&N came close to uh they came to clearfield which is like five miles away from me i wasn't i wasn't like i didn't get to go to that for some reason but like you look at some of the names on there i think chase ellie was in that kyle Larson was in that brett moffitt was in that if you just look up uh nascar canon clearfield you can see all the names that are on there and at the time i'm like wait like, at the time they're like they're not your stars that they are now but you look at it now i'm like that was an all-star all-star film yeah. that, that I that I missed like because I think that was like 2010 or 2011 and I just didn't get down to it for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why or something, but yeah. Yeah. And yep. I guess my last question to you,
1: um, this kind of plays off in the first two, but it's kind of an interactive one. I figured, you know, all of us kind of go around and name it, but I wanted to know since you're a Bush fan and you've had, I mean, now you got 100 extended wins to pick from. You got like, what, 50 some odd truck wins. You got close to 60 cup wins. If you just had to pick one from any series, to any time, like, we have to know
3: what is your one favorite Cowboys? Oh, wow. You have like, so I basically have like 210 options to choose from. Yeah. Like, this, is, <laughs> this, is,
1: this is kind of like a Jeopardy saw question for you.
3: Oh, man. That's, that's, that's tough. Um, No particular order for Cup Series, I would say one -hmm. would probably be the Chicagoland race. That's probably one of them. 2009 Bristol Night Race where he's battling with Mark Martin. That's up there.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, That's two. I'm going to try to name three for you. All right, there you go. Because I'll probably name one or two It this my go around. I don't know if I can remember. So and I'm probably gonna as soon like out like later tonight, I'm probably gonna think it's like, oh man, that was a good win. Yeah, game. there's so many. <laughs> there. I think the two I think the two hundredth wins up there just because of how much that yeah. made, like man, so that's up there. Uh My I'm, thing. Gonna, I'm just going to go with those three right I'm now. Gonna,
2: I'm going to tell you one that you're immediately going to think, oh, damn, that was a good race. How about, I think it was 2013, I want to say, at Fontana when Logano and... Oh, Lugano
3: dude, yeah. Stop. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 uh, hey, uh, no. No. Do, that was my
1: favorite Kyle Busch win of uh, all time. I, hey, look, I thought it was, it was, was a great finish. 600. I just really, really he, hated the outcome.
3: Uh, oh, I remember that. He stole, like, stole that. I like, blocked that from yeah. my memory. Like, yeah, I think,
1: honestly, looking at it in hindsight, I think he was going to win that race if they didn't crash with the run he had. So
3: mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. I just wish there wasn't a broken back about it. But. Also, Okay, I guess I'll also add in my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, Xfinity Series win was probably the 2010 Bristol race after he dumped Kozlowski. Oh, oh that was part I, of the
1: sweep, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I was a big anti-Keslowski fan at that time. So the fact that he just dumped him, like, all right, didn't get black flag for it. Let's go win that race. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I guess if I you had to give me one for college, I've never been like the biggest Bush fan, like, I don't dislike him, nor do I really like him. So he's kind of neutral for me. I think I'm gonna try and go outside the ring with mine. Um, there was a 2013 Cup Series race, I think Watkins Glen mm, with Keslowski okay. that was like really, really entertaining. I thought okay, like, where they were kind of down to the wire, it wasn't really like. You know they weren't really dirty they were really just good clean racing and that know. was pretty cool for me and then yeah I one the that will never really leave my mind is the 2012 shootout Ooh. it wasn't i mean i know it's not like a points race or anything but like mm-hmm. you know okay he makes that one save you know that, that's cool enough then he makes another one like then you're thinking okay he's he's wasted two of his nine lives already and then he goes out and wins a photo finish like that that mm-hmm. is one of the coolest things i've ever seen in all
3: racing yeah that- I guess another, well, thing to, another thing to add, real quick, another thing to add, real quick, I'll say is just the fact that there's so many different wins for me to choose from with Kyle Bush Right. Shows how much that he's done with the sport. And if you're a Kyle Bush fan, you're like, man, what's my favorite win? Like, that, when, that's tough, <laughs> when that's a when that's a tough question. It's like, ooh, I
0: don't know. I'm sure that's Alex, like the same. We with- well, you know, I had the um, the Budweiser shootout from 2012, but Nathan just pulled the rug out from under me. That is one of my favorite. <laughs> races of all time. I love specifically the 2011 and 2012 seasons are my favorite NASCAR seasons of all time. They all had classic races in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, since he, he took took that one out, I'll go with uh, him winning as a rookie in Montana in um, and, and that black car quest car. Uh, just out of nowhere, the start of an era of Kyle Busch that we didn't even know was coming, I'll go with that as being, as being my favorite win. Yeah. It,
2: it was the – Blue and yellow Kellogg's
0: car. Yeah, he
3: was still in the Kellogg's car. I think I got uh, a picture of that car when I was, that at, was the like Gump, down at the KPM shop. Coming over the radio it's like,
1: saying,
2: get it, get it, get it, yeah. It was I like a, down I, in
3: the end of
1: the tunnel, I'm pretty sure. Like, there's like a, when you walk into the shop, there's like the Bristol cars here, the Cup Series title cars over here, and then if you go down to the left, there's like a tunnel with all his trophies in there. And I want to say that they have his first win car down at the end of that hmm. tunnel somewhere.
0: I don't know why I thought it was the black Car Quest car. Um, that car, car can, I love that car. That car it's is like high low
3: high key, high. like that. That that's low key, like clean, like that scheme. That yeah, is
1: like I look for that in iRacing. I want to run that car when I get iRacing.
3: It's so, like sometimes the simple paint schemes are like the best paint schemes. Like you don't yeah, have all these. Yeah, for fancy some reason yeah. it was
0: it was seared in my mind that that was his first win car. I, I, I don't, mean, don't know
3: it's why, but car,
1: so,
0: I don't blame so, so I don't know. I just the remember, remember yes, that race was. Go.
2: That was a good oh, looking yeah, car. That is, that is I, I, that, I, that is. I really beautiful.
0: thought that it was, it was that car that he won at, at Fontana, But I guess not. Um, man, I think it has been a. a from that car. Ah, maybe you might have won. Yeah, yeah, you're
1: right. He you might
0: have won in that car. I, hey, that's that's a long time ago. I got, I got a yeah, question so. so sixteen <laughs> years, <ago> damn. <laughs> yeah, I
1: was. I don't know any of that stuff other than having like, gone back and watched it because obviously I. I don't even think I can read when that happened live. So Man, man Me feel old. I remember when Kyle was right. yeah. the Cup series.
3: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, hey, just one quick question for you guys all before we wrap things up. Since you just mentioned mm-hmm. about how 2011, 2012 is your favorite season, what's your guys' favorite playing like, overall season? Like if you had to go back and you could rewatch like a whole season, which season would you choose?
0: Uh I mean, either one 20-11. uh 2011 for me would be for the chase, but 2012 for the overall championship because it had Those more are classic races. Solid.
1: That's right there. Okay. Yep. Um, oh, man. yep.
0: 2011 hands. If you yeah. have the variety yeah.
2: of winners, the points battle at the very end, yep. um, the pure magic of Trevor Bain winning the 500 <laughs> and then Kevin Harvard pulling out the 600 win, 2011 was the best year, in my opinion. Oh,
1: man. Yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. for me, I kind of have two separate answers for this one. Um, from like a pure bias standpoint, and just my drivers, I I enjoyed 2019 more than any other year in terms of just every driver I liked was just winning like crazy. But and the 500. But really, from a racing standpoint, I think I'm gonna have to go either 2011 or 2012. But I think 2012 just edged it out for me because of like you said, the whole season was really interesting. Like you had Greg Biffle lead the points for most of the year, and then. You had Johnson and Keselowski were pretty much two of the main favorites that you knew going into that would be the guys that would settle it. And I think that was one of the few years where the guys that they hyped up as your two title favorites actually went down to the wire with that. And like you said, too, the racing standpoint it was just as good. It just wasn't the only thing that 2011 really had over it was, I think, just the parity. I think if 2012 had a little more parity, it would probably be my best season ever.
3: Yeah, just at twenty twelve. Twenty twelve Clint Boyer was kind of in that too, and a lot of because yeah, like like if, a, like if he like that, hypothetically guys. if he wins like Homestead or something and those guys have problems, mm-hmm. like Clint Boyer could have been your champion that year. Right. Yeah. And I think
1: Kenseth was up there, Biffle was up there. Um I know Cain and Hamlin were title contenders for the majority of the year. And you had I think Bush missed the chase and then once he missed the chase, he started running top five every single chase mm-hmm. race after he missed that. So if he makes it then chances are he's one of the title contenders too.
2: Nate, I hope you saw the disgust on my face when you said 2019.
1: (laughs) I I didn't look, I didn't say that from a racing standpoint. Like, I will be the first one to say the racing was horrible because you had the big spoiler everywhere. I'm just partial to it because after a year of torment with no wins, I got to see my driver win the 500 and I got to see him win five other races. So, must be nice. (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm
0: sorry i didn't know I was well about maybe that. if you stopped rooting for losers you wouldn't have that problem
1: yeah no that, sure. okay that's that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i can't say that i love ryan blaney <laughs> so that was, yeah, a, that was a bad said. shot um, i i feel like i feel like um we'll we'll see what happens i i think it's almost certain that we know that keselowski is going to go uh over to the sixth card next year um hasn't been concrete but it's pretty solid so i think blaney might become that flagship guy um even over logano um Lugano. I, i'm not i'm not sure about that um logano is just logano so i don't know we'll see it it's been a really good conversation uh tonight with you jared um i know you've already plugged some some of your stuff but if there are any other plugs that you'd like to do before we uh we round the night off uh just go follow my twitter at pkjared9 it's also
3: the same for instagram at pkjared9 and then my graphics and photography and graphics site at jb graphics so go follow those if you're interested in that we can dm collab whoever's watching this we can collab i can make you some cool posters or graphics or photographies i'm probably not going to travel out outside of pennsylvania to take pictures of you but if you want to see some of the pictures and stuff i have you can also go on to jbgraphics.smugmog.com and you can see a bunch of all the sports pictures that i take So that's my plugs. And I guess I'll also plug my in-between media group also. So go check them out on Twitter. They have a lot of good stuff. And this fall is going to be awesome for them because we built a pretty good team over the last couple months. And with fantasy football season on the horizon, I know they're already talking about that. It's going to be a big fall for in-between media. So go follow them on Twitter and just see see what's going on in the future.
0: All right, Nathan. I guess it's time to wrap us up. Alright, well, with that being said, it looks like a sign for picks, and
1: you kind of caught me napping there because I forgot completely about him. (laughs) (laughs) Last week, it was another disaster for me again. Um, It looks like I'm going to have to go with the first pick. Or no, wait, hold on, hold on. Whoever picked Brad Keselowski, where exactly did he finish? I need to know that. Middle pack. So he finished ahead of Kyle Busch is what you're saying? I believe so.
3: Probably. Probably.
1: Yeah, so it looks like I'm going to have to go dead last again. So I'll take the first pick with this one. Um, I have left him on the table for far too many weeks now, and he keeps winning. So I just have to go with Kyle Larson. He's the low hanging fruit here. I'm I'm going with him. Um, I'm not sure if you guys want to order these picks a different way because I wasn't. I mean, it's a double header. Like I'm not sure how it works. So I was wondering well, if Well, so
0: I was first. thinking um, maybe. We just go with the highest average finish as being the winner. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, that's kind of cool. So if I right. get if I get Kyle Larson, then I might I might just have a <laughs> one Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um. What we can do is maybe we'll do a. Uh, Maybe we'll do a snake draft, um, and then um, we'll have a pick for each day. So you'll take Kyle Larson for the first day. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that means Colton would be next, and then me. I'll pick two at a time, two, and then Colton and then you again. How about that?
2: Sure. That'll work. Um, I'm gonna take first off a guy who was fast last year, who has won at Pocono before. Um, he was really fast last year before he got taken out by his teammate Brad Keselowski. I'm gonna go with Ryan Blaney as my first pick.
0: Stereotypical, I know, but I think he's going to get it done at Pocono. He's done it before. Well, to my uh, demise earlier this uh, podcast, uh, I was proven wrong uh, that Denny has been good lately since the repave, uh <laughs> at, at Pocono. So for my first pick, I'm going to go with Hamlin. Please do not jinx him. And, <laughs> Please, and, and well, you know what?
1: <laughs>
0: well, he's got two chances. I can't jinx him both races, right? Um. I've so I guess with that being said, for my second pick, I'll go. Uh, I'll go with. um Shoot, I don't know. I guess I'll take Kyle Bush. Um, maybe damn it, he can don't do something fed, for man. me.
2: <laughs> damn so,
0: it. So back to you, Colton.
2: Oh, shit, you just took my pick. Um, man. My girlfriend's over here yelling fast pasta in my ear. I
3: don't know what I want to pick <laughs> Oh, right God, no. <laughs> now, um, maybe if there's rain, if, maybe if there's rain, there's chivalry, rain balls. you can definitely do it. Um, I mean, front row cars have done it before there.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, For my second pick, I'm going to throw a dark, just kind of in the dark here. I'm going to go with Austin Dillon. Okay.
1: okay. That's a nice one right there. That's a good sleeper.
2: Good sleeper. All about sleepers this weekend.
1: All right, Nathan. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it looks like if, I'm, if I took Kyle Larson the first one, I can't really take him in the second one. So <laughs> I think that he can get that four in a row, but I think five in a row, is, that's really, really near impossible these days. So with that being said, if you took Kyle Bush off the table, you already took my like go-to second pick. You took Hamlin off the table. So I think I'm going to have to go Kevin Harvick because he's had okay. what – He's probably had top fives in all all but I think two or three of the last few or two or three of the poke no races in the last five or so years. So I think if there's anybody besides the guys we've already named, why not him? Because it seems like ever since ever since he got with Childers, he's pretty much been a contender to win every Pocono race, it seems like.
0: Yeah, so I think what I'll do is um, whichever is the best race for both of your drivers um will count and then i'll average those two finishes so let's say uh ryan blaney and austin Dillon win um both races then they will net colton with one you know one point or average finish of one um and then he'll win the uh four points for these two races um and then i guess we'll do one point for finishing third rather than zero um, two points for second. Um, let's say let's say uh, Larson finishes third on the first day, and Kevin Harvick finishes fourth, and they both DNF on the second day. Well, they'll give you that for your uh, combined average finish of three point five for that Nathan, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and that that'll be how I'll do it for scores, and we'll we'll figure that out um, this weekend, okay. and we'll have it up next week. So one final thing, um, Jared is going this weekend. And he had spoke about it a little bit earlier about going and being in the pits and stuff like that. But as a Pennsylvania native, as a home track, um, uh, as this being your home track, I should say, um, do you think that it was fair uh, for us to push Pocono to, quote unquote, one date and have these two cup races? And as a fan, do you like that?
3: I do and I don't. I like going two separate times just because it's cool to go to more races, but the fact that I think they only did this just to save that second weekend and kind of make it a big oh, it's the first ever doubleheader event, or it's a big doubleheader event, I think that adds more value. like Not like crown jewel value, but it's like for us in Pennsylvania, like, oh, Pocono Doubleheader header weekend, that's unique. That's kind of cool, and I think they were even talking about maybe trying to do, like, a road course part of Pocono. I don't know if that'll even ever happen, but just the fact that there's so much to do there, and then, like I said, I get to see four races this weekend. I get to see all the i get to see the Cup Series, the Xfinity, the trucks, and if I go down Friday, I can watch the ARCA. I don't think I'm really going to do that on Friday just because of work, but I, I like it. I don't mind. I'm glad they're trying something unique, and I'm glad I can say that I'm going to a header event and NASCAR. So I do like that. And I think it kind of pipes up the summer, like, all right, the Pocono coming up. We're in the midst of summer. So get two days of racing and two days of fan experience there.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy yourself. Cool. Don't uh, get too sunburnt. I know <laughs> it's going to be two very long days. And despite being in the Pocono mountains or shortly away from them, I should say, uh, it's not, you know, going to keep you successful to heat and, uh, and sun, So stay hydrated and have fun. And with that, uh, Colton, you got anything for us? I do.
2: Um, giveaway this week, since I couldn't give away that Dale junior bear for weeks at a time. Um, I have this little Tony Stewart 10. It's a lithium ion. It's a cool little silver, orange paint scheme. Um, opens up, put shit in it. I probably got half a dozen of these, anything from Bill Elliott to Bobby Labonte. Uh, I'm giving this one away because it is a limited edition scheme. Um, First person to tweet at me with the name Jared, J-A-R-E-D. Either tweet at me or comment on the stream with Jared. Um, I'll be sending this to you.
0: All right. And with that, I do want to thank everyone who's watched tonight. Um, I know we've had various amount of viewers uh, for our first live stream. We will be doing this from now on. Uh, We'll we'll take what we got here. I'll edit it, put it on audio only. So if you want to watch, uh, I should say listen to it elsewhere uh you know on your drive to work or while you're working out or however you listen to us normally um it will be up uh tomorrow around the same time um that it usually is uh like i said we appreciate you listening all the way through oh, uh,
2: we already have a winner rattlesnake from already got there it. you go really <laughs> hell yeah I, think
0: I used to have one of those tins. i had a jeff gordon i had a jeff gordon sorry to cut like, you I off alex of but that was there. cool no was... problem thanks rattlesnake man all right, all right. Let's yeah, go with yeah, yeah. Well, we know Cherry Gaiden's watching. Cherry Gates watching us. Let's yeah. go. We might make more
1: than 32 cents then. We're big I'm time now, you never sure. know. Yeah.
0: Man, Cherry Gaiden's on us. Maybe I'll yeah,
2: give away that Rusty right. Wallace bobblehead
0: I've got. Yeah, maybe we can get you on one of these shows and we'll we'll do a fan <laughs> hey. spotlight on you. Uh, and maybe we'll we'll get some more of Colton's merchandise to you. Uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure to have everyone watching live tonight, um, and we can't wait to do this continuously from now on. Like I said earlier, don't forget the name, uh, Jared Buk. Bukaisa Buk- Man, I'm not trying to butcher that, but I'm so unconfident in saying it. Um, it's, it's all right. You're not. Man, fr- you're not the only
3: one. There's so many people yeah. that have butchered it even way worse than what you even said originally
0: so I don't know I don't know that it's that I'm butchering it. I'm just too afraid that I'm going to that I keep forgetting how to say it. At least you're hesitant. At least your husband yeah. some
3: people just go off of whatever they think and like just say it so smooth like it's right. Like I've gotten like back to yeah. back to gas so I'm like
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah I don't want to do that. I don't want to mess anybody up. I, I remember uh personally I had uh well my dad named me after Sterling Marlin because of course he did. Um so my first name's Marlon. I, I had a substitute one time asking for Marilyn and I was like, who the hell is Marilyn? And she finally says Marilyn Harrington. I'm like, no, that says Marlon. So I, I hated my name being butchered. Um, so I, I don't really want to do that to anyone else. But yeah, I remember the name, Jared Bikaisa. Uh He's going to be affiliated with us going forward. We'll have more info about that as uh, things progress. And as always, Uh, Follow us over over here on Twitter. Uh, If you're watching this, you probably already are. Uh, But it's at Podcast one capital F, capital F, capital P. And tag that number one on the end. Um, And other than that, it's been a good night. Thanks for watching again, and we will see you next time.
1: All right, take it easy.